0: This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now live from Studio C, it's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
1: BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, August 9th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who I believe is about ready to unfollow a prominent Pac-12 rider. His name is Jeremy Jordan.
2: John Wilner, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, released his preseason <laughs> AP <laughs> poll ranking and saying the following: at BYU at 20,
3: oh, so the Cougars will be goodness. hard
2: pressed to reach the 10-win mark again this season after uh-huh. trading gimme wins against so many Pac-12 opponents. Uh-huh. That's hilarious. For daunting challenges against the likes of Liberty and Utah Oh, Tech. yeah. Yeah, Unfollowed baby.
1: <laughs>
2: <sighs> That's hilarious. Listen, I'm kidding. I can appreciate seeing both sides of something. That's what we try and bring to the, the show here, right? Um, sure. Obviously sure, with the sure, BYU sure. mindset. John is going to die on that Pac-12 Hill, though. Uh, <laughs> yes. And he's pushing yes, buttons. he should. He goes, he goes. He goes, uh, making fun of the back row, but also making fun of, like, the two worst games on BYU's schedule. They have Notre Dame and Oregon and Baylor. Come like, on, man. You know who's playing a tougher schedule than, than Utah this year? Brigham Young. University. BYU is, like, yes. There are four preseason Abs- top absolutely. 25 teams in there. Um, at least in their stupid coaches poll, but they'll be in the AP poll as well. Yes. So, funny stuff from John.
1: Uh, more from John Wilner later <laughs> and where he has BYU ranked in his preseason poll. Enough to have someone jokingly I, call him a
2: BYU homer. Yeah, I just said it. Oh, okay, Plenty. okay, yeah. you, said, you said the specific number, yeah, 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 yeah. okay? Yeah.
1: And then he said, well, it uh, goes right along with uh, my password, which is Bosco. <laughs> 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 Setmer for <laughs> Heisman. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Uh, even Wilner can appreciate this show lineup because it features the captain of the BYU football offensive line, our two-on-one with BYU center Connor Pay. Why – he – just says straight up, it's weird that we're getting so much attention from the media. And are you really bothered with no top 25 love for BYU in the coaches poll? I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but apparently a lot of you did. We'll discuss why BYU maybe should be bothered that the coaches or sports information directors didn't notice them. And volleyball time is upon us. Hey. The BYU women back to work, Aaron Livingston, one of the standouts for Heather Olmstead's squad will join us as well to kick off the season, or I should say to kill the sir, season? To kill serve, off, it sir, up. serve off the season? <laughs> kill the season?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's not start other, that one. Other Jeez. volleyball
1: terminology? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Week two of fall camp continues. For the latest and greatest, here's Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler from the field.
0: Thanks, guys. It was a little hotter today, both in the air and on the field. A little chippy. Uh, Jacob Conover came off going, you know, it's his football.
4: It's funny. You get three or four days into camp, and all of a sudden, your buddies that you worked out with all summer long they don't feel like your buddies that yeah. much anymore
0: Young conover said he goes today in the next couple of days you find out who's your friends and who aren't your friends
4: yeah they got after it a little bit and they, they were in shells so they were in shoulder pads and helmets and shorts but that doesn't stop them from going full speed full contact up top and man we we really saw some aggressive play a really spirited competition some guys getting in one another's faces and Hey, that's all good. That's part of fall camp, and you want that.
0: We had a couple of minutes uh, alone with Kalani Sataki to kind of get his feel for what's going on. He's, he's really happy.
4: Yeah, he, he said that they're way ahead of where they were last year. And, and every coach says that. But but I feel for Kalani, he's he's made this progression as the head coach. And he quantified it a little bit more for us because he said, this year I'm noticing we have so many veterans, juniors and seniors, that have been in the program three and four, well, if you count missions five and six years that are teaching the young guys what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to approach practice, the different schemes. And he said, so literally from an install perspective, like how many packages they have in on offense and defense, they're way ahead of where they were last year. And the interesting thing was, he said, this is sustainable now. We're to the point where it's a mature program, and all of their recruits are juniors and seniors. He says, this should happen every year now, where our young guys become veterans, and then they take care of the young guys. He said, so moving forward, this is how I expect fall camp to be. But feeling they're way ahead, and he's very happy with where they're at.
0: Full pads come on Thursday. First scrimmage of the fall a week from Saturday. Guys, back to you.
4: Thanks,
2: Dave and Blaine. Watch post-practice interviews on demand through the BYU Sports Nation Twitter account.
1: Day one of BYU women's volleyball camp, as we just mentioned, underway. The Cougars coming off a 30-2 and season. Last I checked, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Undefeated in the West Coast Conference, 18-0 last season eventually losing to Purdue in the NCAA Sweet 16. They've got bigger and grander visions this season. First games, August 26th, the BYU Invitational against Duke, Ryder, and Washington State. That will run through August 27th as well. That's right around the corner as well.
2: Let's go, baby. Michael Rucker pitched a scoreless inning for the Cubs in a 6-3 win over the Nationals, striking out one battery through 16 pitches.
0: 11 for strike.
1: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: What's Trending presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Listen to this. We mentioned big money with these new TV deals. Well, we're starting to get a more clear picture of what that means. The Big Ten Conference reportedly will sign a new TV rights deal with Fox, CBS, and NBC, three major players, including $350 million from CBS alone for that 3.30 p.m. Eastern time slot on Saturdays.
2: Just that game.
1: $350 million to have the afternoon time slot in college football Saturday world. I mean, it's not even technically prime time, but it's, they're paying for a prime time they slot. They got out right?
2: of that, the SEC with that.
1: My question that is. traditional games. Yeah. yeah. My question here is how does the Big Ten not signing with the likes of ESPN, but going with Fox, CBS, and NBC affect BYU and the Big 12 conference? It
2: does, because in 2025, BYU and the Big 12, uh, the new Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma and the, the new four, right, will have a new TV deal. This means BYU is probably going to have one, and the, uh, the Big 12, with ESPN. ESPN now has, if they want, the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Now, uh, that's exciting because honestly, I would take a little less but still be on ESPN than take more and not be on ESPN. Now, I've argued in the past that, well, does it even matter what station you're on? Ideally, you're with ESPN because they control the narrative in college football quite a bit. Like, BYU getting out there more, it's important to be connected to ESPN. Obviously, there's a history there that goes back to 1984, and the first live college football game on that network was BYU and Pitt. Independence, a second deal, the flexibility to get out and go to another conference, ESPN being cool with that, the Bulls. We know the relationship is great with ESPN. I dare say it's been greater with ESPN than any league BYU has been in historically. BYU loves ESPN, ESPN loves BYU. This is awesome. Because now it ensures that BYU is going to be accessible. Because let's be honest, with the fan base, with you out there, you want to be able to find the games easy. And ESPN is the worldwide leader for a reason. So I'm excited about this. It all but assures that the primary rights will go to ESPN for the Big 12, I would imagine, next summer when they start negotiating that for 2025. It also means the security of the Pac-12 in all likelihood. Yep, exactly. Because now they can secure an ESPN deal. Will the numbers be where they want them to be? I don't know because the Big Ten is clearly with the SEC in the top two. The Big Ten might be number one, right? At least number two. So it's pretty wild the numbers being put out there. Unfortunately, BYU is not in a league that's going to get these type of numbers. But we aren't even officially in the Big Twelve. I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna complain right now about not having that kind of money. But just because you have that kind of money doesn't mean anything for your athletic program. Look at Rutgers and Maryland. Yes, they're in the club. They're buried. I would almost rather be have a little less TV revenue but be more relevant in the conversation and on the field.
1: Yeah, with ESPN not involved in this deal at all but ratifies that they're going to go in and get the Big 12 and the Pac-12, right? Yeah. Just why would you not? You want to control the narrative, as you said. ESPN does that. They're highly invested, and they want to have – 10 o'clock in the morning Mountain Time zone game all the way to Pac-12 after dark or even Big 12 after dark with BYU. Like, that's a thing too, right? Yeah. BYU's hosting a Big 12 game in an 8:15 kickoff. Yeah, ESPN's going to pick up the Pac-12 and Big 12. I guess my follow-up question to that is, because the Big 10 is not involved with ESPN, does that automatically mean that ESPN will offer more money to the Pac-12 and the Big 12? And I don't think that...
2: Or will it go to the SEC?
1: I don't think it's necessarily the case. Because yes, they're locked because in with
2: the SEC through 2036. The SEC is their big kahuna, right, in, in that. And I believe, did they go get the 130 time slot, I think, with, with the SEC? I'm trying to remember. So, yeah, they, there are other properties. Yeah. Basically, the Big Ten is the only Power 5 league they won't be in
1: on. There's an idea that because ESPN's not in on the Big Ten, like, automatically – that additional funding is going to go to the Pac-12 and Big 12, and it's going to make those conferences more lucrative, and that's not necessarily the case.
2: Yes, it's about value. It's about what you bring to the table, what they think you're worth. They don't just have a pot of money and go, okay, I guess it goes over here. That's not how it works. It's business.
1: It's great to be on ESPN, and right now the Big 12 is still with Fox and ESPN. I have no reason to believe that that will go away. I still think Fox will have – at least a small portion of the Big 12. Fox loves right? the Big
2: 12. Yeah. They've had a secondary deal. They're not, they're not deal, going anywhere. Right? They're not going yep. anywhere. They've yep. had a deal there. It's
1: going to be Fox and ESPN again, just a matter of how much, and does ESPN feel like they have to pay more to lock that in because the Big 10's no
2: longer with them? We'll see. Like, who else is going to offer the Big 12 and the Pac-12 more money than they will? I, I, Jeff
1: Bezos, Amazon. <laughs> he's,
2: he's paying a bill for uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Okay, topic two. Very excited about that in a couple weeks. Of- BYU was not ranked in the coaches' poll yesterday, as we talked about. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. How dare they? We, We hate the coaches' poll. Not just because BYU wasn't ranked there. We've hated it before. The AP Preseason Top 25 will be released next Monday at noon Eastern. Hey, that's when the show starts. Why should the Cougars, let's preach to the choir here, be in the AP Top 25 on Monday?
1: Okay, well, let me just start with this little fact from my buddy Cody Kellner, at Cody underscore Kellner, who is a Ph.D. researcher and college football statistician. Incredible. He said, since the 1998 season, 78.5% of teams that finish in the final AP Top 25 are in the preseason AP Top 25 the following season. Now, I understand, like, well, what if you're, like, 20 to 25? Okay, there's a good chance you could fall out if you're in the final AP Top 25, but you're barely in. BYU was well in. Okay, they were they were more than five spots in, Jerem. Mm-hmm. So why would BYU not be part of that almost eighty percent of the <laughs> final AP Top Twenty Five to get in in the preseason? Especially when you return your quarterback and you have the second most returning production of any team in college football, eighty-five percent. What's the case against BYU? Is my question. Like I couldn't even build a case against BYU to not be in the preseason top 25. And I tried. I was like, okay, now think objectively, try and figure out. Okay, uh, may, BYU what?
2: lost to UAB. Maybe they still won 10 games. That's it. Like, maybe
1: Tyler Algier is worth 20 spots or 15 <laughs> spots. 15 it? spots. No, no running back is yeah. worth 15 spots in a team poll. But maybe there's a bad taste in the mouth from the independence bowl that's the only thing i could think of it was like that was people a long are just hung up on forgotten. the fact that uab beat byu and the cougars sputtered at the end but most people like you said have forgotten did they
2: sputtered at the end it was one loss like most
1: people are yeah. they're remembering the byu went 5 and 0 against the pac 12
2: 6 and 1 versus the power five typically it's a simple metric it's how did you do last year who's coming back and does that include the quarterback Okay, BYU should be in the top 25.
1: 80% of the teams.
2: Yeah, BYU finished, and most of the time that's UCLA. Uh, The final... (laughs) Oh, by the
1: way, UCLA in the coaches poll. Of course they are.
2: Oh, no, sorry. Wait, wait. I I, I might be getting mixed up
1: with John Wilner. John Wilner has UCLA in his top 25.
2: (laughs) Yeah, UCLA, number one team in the country. Uh, BYU finished 19th in the AP poll last year. They were... Like, I'm... Obviously, using, losing to UAB did not help in this. If BYU is 11-2 and, and doesn't lose that game. BYU was still 19 B, after losing to UAB. BYU would have finished top 15. Yes. Um, and then, I honestly, I don't know why BYU would be in the 20s. I think BYU should be in the high teens going into this season. Because it's like, you know what we know about BYU? Way more than what we know about a lot of other teams because of the returning experience. BYU. Yet Oregon's in the polls, right? It's, yes. It, it definitely is a popularity contest. Student body president. Everyone's running. Who's the top, Who are the top 20? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's program prestige quite a bit. Cougar Stats put out a great stat that said, BYU's used to this. The Cougars have only been in a preseason poll 11 times all time, but finished in it 19.
1: It's been 13 eight, years.
2: Eight years, including 1984. BYU went from unranked Preseason to finish ranked. Yeah. Okay. And and it's pretty notable. So uh, how about that Notre Dame? Eleven times has been ranked and finished unranked. Mm-hmm. I I need to go back and look how many times has BYU been preseason and not finished, uh, not finished ranked. Let's see. Ninety seven was one. Ninety three. Ninety two. There's just a handful where BYU. Yeah. Like three where BYU. Uh, is ranked and doesn't finish ranked. BYU is going to finish ranked this year as well because it's going to win 10 games.
1: I just don't understand how you can look at the second most returning production of a team that was living in the top 25 last year. It was in the top 15 for the majority of the year. And now all of a sudden, they're not a top 25 football team? You said
2: look at. That's not being looked at by the coaches, clearly. No, I like, the co- don't know. The sports, no. The sports information directors. The
1: sports like information stuff. directors are not high on
2: BYU. We think Kalani <laughs> is like, if Kalani had a vote, I haven't looked to see if he had a vote. Here's he's the like, thing. oh, what did Tex San M. bring Here's back? all you like, need to like, know about the coaches'
1: back. poll, yes. people he's Texas. Team. Texas got a first place vote. <laughs> Texas.
2: Kansas was like,
1: really? Texas got a first place vote, and they're, I think, like in the 20s in the coaches' poll. <laughs> like, at that point, it's like, okay, well, so, all credibility out the door. You're so, done.
2: Like, we know who votes on these. We need to go look and see what it was.
1: Good gravy. <laughs> BYU can prove that they belong starting
2: in this many days.
0: Countdown to the Bulls.
2: 25 days. Real quick, how much do you care about being ranked or not in the preseason? I care about the AP poll because I no, feel no, like no, – just,
1: Oh, just being ranked, period?
2: You, yes. I like it because it adds context. I love it, too. I think it's important. It's validating. We're, BYU's not in a league. We need that validation. We need I that. like
1: it because yeah. it adds context, and it also sets up, especially for a team like BYU who's an independent, some really important early season big-time games. Like,
2: it's it's it, a it, nice starting point. If
1: BYU yeah. can survive South Florida, think about Baylor-BYU home opener, week two, two ranked teams, prime time. Like it's, it matters. It becomes epic it, at that
2: point. I, I think it matters. I think it matters. I, That's why we're bugged about the coach ball. Yes. It doesn't matter.
1: They've earned it, and they didn't get it. Yep. That always stinks. Yep. Our question of the day. What's your case for why BYU should be ranked in the preseason AP Top 25? Maybe you don't feel like they should. So build a case against BYU. I had a hard time doing that. Let's go uh, to your responses in Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Tyson Peterson answers on Twitter three reasons. One, the amount of returning talent, 85% of production returning. BYU beat the Pac-12 champions last year, and they are number eight in the coaches' poll, mind you. How about that? Number eight. How about that? And three, BYU transitioned to a Power 5 team. I don't think that that really matters in this conversation.
2: I don't either. It's They're based on about, what you did yeah. last
1: year and what they think you're going to do this year. Yeah, it has I, nothing I, to do with the Big 12 in 2023.
2: I agree. Okay, coming up, Aaron Roderick with super high praise for Kingsley, Suamataia.
1: And one of Kingsley's offensive lineman teammates, the center, Connor Pay, goes two-on-one with Jerem and me. Why does he think it's just straight weird that the offensive line is getting so much attention?
0: This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Sometimes when you are a man,
2: you wear stretchy pants and pick off Washington State twice. That's what Malik Moore did. That and much more will be discovered and discussed tonight on After Further Review 7 Eastern on the TV app as the guys break down Malik, Caleb Hayes, D'Angelo Mandel, and more getting ready for the
1: season. We're live in Studio C. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. To my left sits Jerem Jordan. It was our privilege yesterday to speak with the captain of the offensive line, if you will, the guy who's making the calls at the line, the center, Connor Pay. On topic are things like media poison, why it's weird to get so much attention, and what does it really mean to earn one of those starting spots in a group that's so deep? Here is our two-on-one all access with Connor Pay. Connor, outside of football life and before training camp gets going, what do you do for fun to help you kind of adjust and, and move back into everyday football?
3: Um, well, I love to go boating in the summers. So that's kind of, that's what I do when school's over and we only have football in the mornings, go boating, go fishing, go do some of those things. Um, and then taper that off as camp gets closer, get a little more focused, watch a little more tape, uh, and kind of help transition to get my mind into, into football mode.
1: Okay, so. so the follow-up question there is, did you catch your 200 pound grouper and get enough, <laughs> nice. to, no. get enough 360 no. degrees in on the wakeboard?
3: No, no, for sure. Rainbow Trout, a pound or two. That's what I was maxing out at.
2: I saw that online,
3: though. Someone just drags a 200-pounder in there. It was crazy. Okay, so tell us more
2: about you uh, because you're kind of a new character to this group and you're the center. You're a super important figure here. Yet you played more games than people maybe remember last year when James Empey got hurt.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so at the start of the year, I was starting at right guard. Um, Then when James uh, got hurt, I slid over to center um, so, it's that's kind of that's kind of my story basically of the last two years. Didn't really do much in 2020, right off my mission, um, and then now uh, transitioning to center full time, which has been good to kind of focus on one position and kind of hone in. It's been nice. So. Did you play center growing up at all? No, no. Okay, I this is new. I never played center till I got here. Gotcha. So, yep, I came in as a tackle um, and played tackle most of my first year with guard a little bit too. the opening in the two deep was at guard. Um, and then Grimes and Mateos had me, uh, start learning how to snap a little bit about halfway, maybe three quarters of the way into the year, just to see if I could do it. Um, and it came pretty naturally. So ended up learning a little bit, played in a couple games at center, ended up having to play center in the bowl game, which was my first real game action when we weren't up by 50. So, um, Now transitioning to that center position full-time, still learning. It's still pretty new but because I only got half a year at it last year, but it's been good.
1: How do you feel about the responsibility of being essentially the play caller of the offensive line and what that means on such a talented group that BYU brings back up front?
3: Well, it's really nice because everybody's experienced and so everyone really knows what's going on. So basically all I'm doing is confirming what's in everybody's minds already. Um, and just making sure uh, I know the playbook the best I possibly can. So if something weird does happen, I can make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, and so I've, I've probably spent more time in the playbook this offseason than any other in my life just because of, of that responsibility and trying to know the offense the best I possibly can where I'm not worried about any of the guys I'm playing next to, but just making sure that if something does happen, we can all get on the same page. And as long as we communicate, And everyone's doing what everyone thinks the other person's doing. We'll be able to pick most things up and get the job done. So,
2: Give us a sense pre-snap of
3: what that's like. You break the huddle, then what? So depending on the play call, my reads go first level, second level, third level. So my first read is reading what kind of front they're in. And you're saying it out loud? Yep. I'll call it out once I see it where their backers are lined up. Um, and then I'll make what's called an ID based off of that. And IDs mean different things for different plays and different schemes. But based off of that ID, basically everyone else knows where they're supposed to go. And so it's my responsibility to be able to process the defense really fast, make the call quick so everyone can make sure they know where they're going. And sometimes it even goes up to safeties. If they're in specific locations, we may turn a protection or something like that. But
2: Does Clark ever go, now wait a minute. Does he ever help you if you miss something? Is who's like the first guy to help you there? Are you
3: kidding? I help myself. No,
2: I'm just kidding. I'm just
3: joking. I don't need anybody's help. I help him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of yeah. If if something is like blatantly wrong, if I just say a call that's wrong, it'll be Clark. It'll be Joe. It'll be Blake. Harris. Any of those guys will be like, hey, no, look at this, and we'll change it. And I'll be like, oh, yep. Or if they want to double check, you just be like, hey, you sure? You don't want to do this and I'll be like, Yep, no, we wanna do this. So we just communicate. As long as we communicate, it works out fine. Jeremy and I were
1: recently discussing the fact that the offensive line gave up just fifteen sacks total last year. Twelve, sorry. 12,
2: 15 the year before. Fifteen the year before. Yep. Okay, so twelve. 12 so you are That's paying why I know you that are number. paying attention to that, That's okay? Why I know that number is that the I stat that incorrectly. Okay. It was it was 12 and then it was 15 12 the and then before.
1: 15 the year for yep, okay. Yep, yep. So, is that the stat that matters most to you or if not is there another stat that the offensive line cares more about?
3: Well, I mean, we do care about sacks a ton because generally with rare exceptions it's usually our fault if a sack's given up, so we care about that number. Um, that's 12 sacks too many. Uh, but I think you know we're we not we don't have any stats really for ourselves so really we care about the stats of the offense how many yards per carry are we getting cuz that has a lot to do with how successful we're being up front if we're getting 4 or 5 yards a carry chances are we're doing a decent job um ta- tackles for losses when we look at a ton we we watch all the tackles for losses from last year somewhat frequently to figure out what happened cuz we should never have tackles in the backfield um and uh, it, explosive plays. We want to help generate explosive plays. So that's probably – those are probably the main stats we pay attention to. So,
2: Do you have internal grades where the coaches give you a grade for a game? Because there's, there's PFF grades as well. Like what do you guys look at to be like, okay, we're all linemen. We don't have the same stats, yet you are getting kind of yeah. other metrics.
3: Yeah, Coach Funk will grade every player and you'll get a grade for the game. Um, and yeah, pro football focuses does their thing, but that's a little different. It's kind of an outside guy trying to guess the scheme we're running and then grading us off that. Um, but Coach Funk will grade every game and every play. Like and we'll 100? get our, yeah. Okay. So you'll get a grade, um, a percentage uh, on Mondays when we come back. So and then we'll go over it. And he gives you a sheet basically play by play. You either got a plus or a minus on that play. And we'll figure out what did we do well here, what did we do wrong here, and we'll go through play by play.
2: You ever walk out with a 100? <laughs> no, I don't think
3: anybody ever has. No.
1: So, there's always a first time for everything, right, Connor? Yeah. We we uh, we uh, we try and get to the this very year top. It's happening. I don't know going yes. has
3: played a perfect game. You let me know, <laughs> so I can go watch it. And try to mimic it,
1: <laughs> Connor Pay the BYU Center with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're at camp, uh, Connor. We've heard a lot about the versatility of this line and the sheer number of available, experienced, veteran, leader bodies on the offensive line. Um, how much does it matter to get the starting nod to you guys? Because it feels like eight or nine of you are going to rotate in pretty significantly, but yeah. what does that starting spot mean to the
3: guys on the line? Well, I mean, everybody, you want to play at the level of a starter, and uh, you want Coach Funk to have the confidence in you to be able to say you're the starter for me, the starting center um, And, uh, you, I mean, obviously you strive for that. That's why you're out here practicing so hard every day. It's because he's trying to figure out how to set the depth chart. We're rotating a bunch right now. Dudes are moving around because he's trying to find the best group of five guys to put on the field to put us in the best position to win. Um, And so, yeah, there could be some rotating. I don't know how they're going to do that. That's up to Coach Funk and what he thinks will be best for the team. Um, But, obviously, everyone's striving for a starting spot. And that pushes everyone, that elevates everyone to a, a different level because you know that if you're not given 100% effort, you're going to start losing reps because there's somebody right on your tail who wants that starting spot too. So.
2: This group returns a lot of guys, tons of talent, uh, a lot of conversation about the O line, which is exciting. Sometimes it's just whatever, right? It's weird. Tell me about that.
3: Well, it's, well, for one, because we don't really care. Um, <laughs> And for two, normally people aren't focused on the linemen, but we like it that way. We're just there to do the work and get out. Um, and we don't, I mean, we've used this phrase before, the media is poison. Um, and it's true. Now, all those other media, yeah, yeah. You besides <laughs> us, they're poison. In a lot of ways, they're poison. No offense, no offense. <laughs> but, uh, because they'll, they'll turn on you in a second. That's the reality. Uh, and so... We don't really care. The media can say whatever they want. What matters is the people in that building and what we're doing on the field here. That's what we're focused on. So,
1: yeah, no No offense taken. Maybe we'll just bring up the sack that you gave up in the Baylor game. Okay. <laughs> Come okay.
3: on. Don't take <laughs> no. him off. I'm closest to him. Be careful. Wow. I, kid.
1: Be careful. I, kid. Jeez. I kid. I kid. I um, kid. Now, it's hard for us not to gush about just the experience, the sheer size of the line, uh, the talent level there. But where do you feel like the offensive line needs to be better right now at this point in camp? Because if for all the good that has been said, you're hard on yourselves. Where do you need to be better?
3: The list is long. Um, right now, I would say consistency, probably. Um, we do a lot of really good things, uh, just not 100% of the time. Um, and usually, it's if four out of the five guys are doing it right, the play's busted because of the one. And so, just being consistent, all five guys on the same page, going hard every play, and that's that's part of what fall camp is for—is for the unit to gel um, and to, uh, you know, become extremely consistent in uh, in our play because that's eventually what's going to win us games. So, I'd say consistency right now. He's an expert boater. He's an expert
1: fisherman. Most importantly, he is the starting center for BYU football and their offensive line. Connor, great to have you on the Thanks, show. Guy. Thanks. Thanks,
3: guys. Appreciate you.
1: Always kind of guys like Connor Pay to meet with the poisonous media. It was so poisonous.
2: <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, all those other guys. No, um, it's exciting to know, you know, Connor's probably going to be the starting center. Blake Freeland at left tackle. Clark Barrington at left guard. I said right guard like a week ago. That's incorrect. Left guard. Yeah. Probably Connor Pay. And then right guard is a fun battle of Harris LeChance and Campbell Barrington and Joe Tukuafa. And then right tackle is probably Kingsley Sumatia.
1: Which all of, we will get all to of the these dudes feel Romero. like they can play like several positions. So, again, as Connor said, we're just trying to figure out how to get the best overall five on the field at the same
2: time. Absolutely, and we will break that down coming up as well, including Aaron Livingston live from women's volleyball's opening practice of the season.
1: And sensational sound bites as promised from BYU football training camp that you all need to hear, like which player Aaron Roderick is absolutely gushing over. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Did you know you can buy a mountain?
2: BYU did that. BYU bought Y Mountain. Pretty cool, right? Follow BYU Sports Nation for more nuggets like that. On uh, social <laughs> media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Who knew? In promo,
1: I am Spencer. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. How was
2: your day, honey? Oh, I bought a mountain on Amazon. It was a good day. Really? There. Wow. Uh, okay. Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick said BYU's offense is putting in that work. We have installed about 90% of our offense already, which is
1: a faster pace than what we're used to. So sometimes the execution suffers a little bit, but uh, we did it that way this year because we have so many veteran players. We we thought it would be better to challenge the vets than to go slowly for the young guys. 90%
2: installed already. Does this change your expectations for the offense?
1: Well, my expectations for the offense are already high uh it, it makes me feel a little more comfortable the BYU is going to be that much more ready to roll against south florida in 25 days from now uh but i don't think it changed my expectations because they're already sky high for the offense like it
2: doesn't no does not change anything for me like i expect them to be awesome the young guys can keep uh, catch up yeah you know. absolutely
1: okay that quick and easy bYU football offensive coordinator aaron Rodgers, who we just heard from was also asked about running back chris brooks and specifically what Chris Brooks's role will be in the receiving game, and how it compares to what Tyler Algier did last year. Listen to this. So far, it's, so far, it's, this, it's very similar to what you would have seen Tyler do. I think they're similar players. Um, Chris is an excellent receiver. Chris got here already with some route running, passing game skills that um, you can tell it's he's a natural. Our friend Roxy Bernstein, who is a cow guy told us this, that Chris Brooks is a really good receiving running back. So with that in mind, and what we just heard from Aaron Roderick, will Chris Brooks have more receptions and receiving yards than Tyler Algier did last year, which was 28 catches for 199 yards?
2: I think so. If he comes in with uh, more skill in that particular area, yeah, let's go, man. Let's Throw him the rock. That's old school BYU, throw to the running back.
1: Yeah, the only thing that's going to slow Chris Brooks down is if Aaron Roderick calls plays for... Uh, his fullbacks, Mason Wake and Houston Haimuli, and for Lopini Katoa. Lopini's
2: good out of the backfield is too. There,
1: is there enough to go around? I think Chris Brooks is going to have over 200 yards of receiving for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay, Aaron Roderick, Latte Rod, had some high praise, like real high praise, for his five-star offensive lineman transfer, Kingsley Suomata-ia. Uh Freakish
1: shaftless. I've never seen him like it, He's
2: the best athlete I've ever seen offensive lineman. He's very talented. That is an incredible soundbite about Kingsley Suamati. He's seen some amazing players, including at Utah as well. Yes. That means Kingsley's got to start, right? Absolutely.
1: And we're talking about a guy with the five stars, which we have learned, when you are given a five-star rating out of high school, they are essentially saying, you're a projected first-round draft pick in the NFL. Uh, Apparently, Kingsley is living up to the billing and I trust Aaron Roderick's opinion because typically he's not one to gush like that. He doesn't doesn't do that a ton. He only
2: does it if you deserve it. He
1: doesn't do that a ton. So that carries additional weight. Yes, Kingsley's going to start. It's just a matter of where on the offensive line he's going to start. Right tackle is the
2: most likely spot. Let's make it happen.
1: Get him on the field. Let's make it happen. Offensive line coach Daryl Funk was asked if the game against USF was played today. How many offensive linemen would he feel comfortable playing? And this was his response. Eight. Eight, hey guys.
3: Yeah, eight with with nine, ten and you usually travel eleven. Nine, 10, and eleven being real solid up and comers that we can get ready by the by the you know, third, fourth, fifth game. They
1: want to be ten deep, Jerem. So do you believe that BYU will indeed be ten offensive linemen deep when they go to Tampa, Florida?
2: I hope not. Here's what I mean by that. I hope that everyone's healthy and you don't have to play nine and 10. Does that make sense? Like that Blake Freeland never has to come out. So then his backup isn't getting that much action. Or that BYU's blowing fools out such that get Braden, him some run. Braden Kime now comes in at left tackle in uh, a series or two at the very end. That'd be nice. But BYU does have Baylor and Oregon up front.
1: Yeah, how about that? Guys like Campbell, Barrington, and Braden Kime are like- Night,
2: not star.
1: They, they might not play that much. I, uh, like- What? Very
2: talented guys. Very talented. That have seen the field a lot, already. Yeah, let's go. Braden Kime's massive, dude, so is Campbell. BYU Football posted a video of Jaron Hall throwing this morning into a net target. <laughs> At Joe Eldo Truss tweeted, turning the head away before it goes in, makes this clip elite it's a steph curry moment right is this elite
1: ah uh, i'm not ready to give it the elite designation jerem it's pretty cool like <laughs> I, I love that you know Jaron's locked in Jaron knows like okay that's perfect i can turn my head back to get another football because i know that
2: one's good because on one play you're throwing two footballs yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's not elite it's cool it's a practice it's a drill like he he probably does that a lot now if we saw him do that like 10 times in a row then then we're talking
2: yes i don't i don't doubt that that was like one of the first throws he made too he's very accurate quarterback is it elite no but it's very fun show
1: show me me like
2: at least five in a row it's august 9th yes if he did like five in a row where he's looking away yeah okay now that okay now now he's just turning like this and just going into the net That'd be elite.
1: You know what might be elite <laughs> is what we're about to show you on this throw from Jaron Hall to an actual receiver. Chase Roberts on the other end of it's this yesterday. beautiful ball, touchdown catch, that mountain backdrop. Jaren, is Chase Roberts already locking up the surprise player of fall camp
2: award? That's, what, that's who I picked for surprise player. I don't think he's locking it up with one highlight, but that does help. We saw that in person. That was while we were there. It does help when they put it out on social media, right? They don't put every clip out on social media. Uh, that's a great catch, man. Two feet down for the NFL scouts. There are NFL scouts at like every practice, yeah. by the way.
1: They're not even in full pads yet. Can we not already today say Today is like, the
2: first day, by the way, they yes. can do that if they want. let <laughs> <Like, Fresh> practice.
1: <laughs> we're not in full pads yet, unless that starts today. It hasn't been long enough to determine like, yes, he's already the surprise, but it's too early. We need a little more. We need we need
2: more. But we're we about to get it. Ch- Ch- so Chase is off to an early lead, but it's very early. It's early, man, it's early. Okay, coming up, rise and shout out to a former BYU star who's about to shine tonight. And we go
1: live to the first BYU women's volleyball practice of the season with star yeah. outside hitter Aaron Livingston. Is this an Elite Eight squad? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Women's volleyball is back this month. We'll broadcast all 16 home matches on BYU TV and or the app starting Mm -hmm. August 26th at 2 Eastern against Ryder. Welcome
1: back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio C. We now welcome in BYU star outside hitter. She is now a junior, Erin Livingston, from the Smithfield house. Yeah. On the first day of practice, she has talked her way into getting out of practice. No, we
2: asked. We asked. She would be in there.
1: Aaron, how, Be in there. <laughs> how, how would you explain the atmosphere at practice today on the first official day of volleyball camp?
5: Yeah, we're just all super excited. We talked a little bit before practice how it was kind of hard to fall asleep last night because we are all way excited for today. So, yeah, the atmosphere is super fun.
2: Okay, obviously this group returns a lot of uh, stars, which is exciting. Uh, you lose some notables, right? Kenzie Kerber and Kennedy Eschenberg among them. But a ton of talent, so what's the expectation of this group? Conference championship, Sweet 16 again?
5: Oh, yeah. We're expecting to go far this year. I mean, uh, we went to the Sweet 16 last year, but, yeah, we want to win the West Coast Conference and go far, win a national championship.
1: Let's go. 30-2, and and like you said, another Sweet 16 appearance. You didn't lose a conference game, Aaron, but you said, okay, we want to take that next step. We want to go further. What's the key to doing that? Is there a small change? Like, what is what is the key?
5: Yeah, I think um, going to the Sweet 16, we learned a lot from that game, and we learned a lot from season and what we need to work on and also what we did really well. So I think just connecting and getting these new girls going with us, and, yeah, I think that'll be great.
2: Some of the new players, uh, one of which is Eden Bauer, Whitney Bauer's sister, part of the – the Bauer Power uh, Trio now that we've got on the team, which is fun. Several of them enrolled in January. Uh, how far ahead are they uh, of schedule as opposed to coming in right now since they enrolled early?
5: Yeah, I think it's super awesome. We had three of them, three of our five freshmen graduate early, and they've been with us all spring. So we've really got, gotten to connect with them and play with them a lot. So it's been awesome.
1: So of your teammates, and maybe it is one of the newcomers specifically, who do you feel like in your time playing with uh, those different athletes has surprised you or has really, really improved a lot in a little bit of time?
5: Yeah, I mean, that's hard to say. I think all of our freshmen coming in have been super awesome. And so I can't say any specific standout because they all stand out to me, so... I would say all of them.
2: (laughs) It's a veteran move by the junior now, Aaron Livingston. Aaron, your uh, season high was 17 kills against Pitt. That was one of the two losses on the year. They're coming to Provo in September in week two. That's going to be fun. Is that the game you've got circled on the schedule the most? And what else is on there?
5: Honestly, we go game by game. We're excited for every game, but Pitt will definitely be a fun one. And we're super excited to – have a rematch, especially in the field house with our fans now, and they're a great team, so that's going to be an awesome game.
1: When you look at the entire schedule, what's the first thing that comes to mind?
5: ooh, that's a great question. I think a lot of competition that comes to mind and a lot of fun. We have really good preseason games, of course, the West Coast conference is awesome, so I think we're just going to play really good teams this year and it's going to be lots of fun and we get to learn and come together and do what we do best.
2: (laughs) Which is win and it's fun to watch. (laughs) 30-2 last year was amazing. You guys win conference championships. It's awesome to watch. Walk us through your mentality going into a season where you kind of know your role and that you're one of the main outside hitters.
5: Yeah I think um, one of my main cues I use um, every practice every game is being assertive and being a leader and there's lots of new girls on our team this year, and I want to help them around and um, just be a leader wherever I can. So, um, And, of course, uh, my one of my main goals this season is just bringing the energy, and so I think that'll be really good for me and this team, and uh, I'm really excited.
1: Erin Livingston is with us on BYU Sports Nation. She's a junior outside hitter for Heather Olmstead's team. We can hear the energy behind you in the Smith Fieldhouse. Uh, you control the camera now on your side. So give uh, us an idea of, uh, of what's happening, what you're looking at, uh, and take us inside practice.
5: Yeah. So right now we started off practice with a little serve, serving, and now we're working on passing right now. So just getting our keys down, really focusing on our angles. So, yeah.
2: You guys are nice. You don't put up, uh, you know, the tarp, uh, you know, between courts, because for the men's side, it's like, are you a dark side player, or are you on this side of the court? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not even That's close hilarious. to making the court. No, you, you, you guys are all good to go. Um, you're married to Hayden Livingston, who's the safety on the football team, and he just barely got into Stranger Things, which is awesome. How is it, are you re-watching it with him? Because he's posting every night on Instagram about character development, he's with what's going on i've really enjoyed
5: it he is cracking me up with his instagram stories but we actually just started stranger things for the first time so we're a little bit behind yeah nice (laughs)
2: welcome to the family
5: and we're we're loving it so
2: (laughs) have you finished (laughs) season (laughs) four i think you're in season four right
5: yeah this is we have the last episode so
2: nice Okay, uh
1: speaking but we're of
5: both th- in fall camp, so yeah, we a figure little out busy. when we're gonna watch it. I was <laughs> gonna say, busy. speaking
1: of that dynamic, what is life like for the both of you right now with Hayden in football camp and you now starting up with volleyball camp?
5: Yeah, honestly it's super awesome. I know we're both busy, but we know we go to our own practices and then we get to come home and talk about how great the day was and what we worked on. So it's honestly great and I love this time of year.
2: Trust me, life gets way more boring when you're older, okay? Enjoy this time where you're both doing something you absolutely love, right? This is a fun time for you. I guys.
5: love it. Yeah. It is a fun time.
1: Hey, Aaron, if you want to pretend that you're still being interviewed by us and just leave your AirPods in, you're welcome to do that. We have to say goodbye right now, but you, hey, if you want to, like, stay out of practice for <laughs> a little while longer. Heather texted us.
2: She's like, get her back to some practice. Music.
1: You just hang out up there and pretend like you're laughing at your phone. <laughs> Whatever. All, all yeah, good. For sure. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. I
5: love it. So good talking to you guys.
1: Thank you. Aaron Livingston of BYU Women's Volleyball. That's, great. Now that's she's a veteran great. move when you're like, that would I, be I don't want to so go back funny. to practice. I'm just going to pretend like I'm still talking to these they guys. They talked to
2: you for 30 minutes? Why we got, yeah. Like, I don't know what happened. I guess I couldn't pass. So I, I had to do that. Yeah, she's great. She was at the Girl Dad camp. Super awesome. My daughter, big fan of Aaron Livingston. Uh, huge fan. She's going to be a big-time player this year for BYU. As She was last year. Yeah. Even more. Okay, coming up, today's Elite Voice of the Day.
1: And the top five offensive returners for BYU football on Top Five Tuesday. Ooh, where no. does Jaron Hall fall in this system? How
0: many old linemen make it?
1: Is he not number one? This, is BYU Sports Nation.
0: this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We demand that this mm. program be
2: available. Yes, so we it do. is. Download the yes. BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe, rate, and review as well. We would like a five-star rating if you feel that generous in your heart.
1: Five is the number of the segment because it is Top 5 Tuesday. Why they pay the bucks. We bring you our top five offensive returning players for BYU football approaching the 2022 season. Jerem, start us off. Number five,
2: Gunnar Romney. Mormon Colony, shout out. Despite missing a couple of games last year, 34 catches, 594, including the game winner against Utah. Second most on the team in uh, receiving yards. Three touchdowns. Caught one against uh, USF and his brother. Baylor, remember him? Oh yeah. Shout out to Adobe.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no.
2: <laughs> I remember it well. Gunner's in some cubicle right now. <laughs> Sorry, Baylor. <laughs> Baylor, we could've used you in fall camp, bro. At number four.
1: Uh, let's go ahead and bring on Puka Nakua.
2: Mm. I mean, you
1: want to, I can't believe Puka is at number four. That's, that's good, pretty good. That's how good BYU is yes. this year. Puka Nakua is number yes. four. Certified deep threat. Averaged almost 19 yards per catch last year. That was top 20 in the nation. You know what he was also top 20 in? Having
2: his brother's back,
1: Jeremy.
2: <laughs> he was top five in that. He got flagged a few times, but all hey, worthy. If they handed out check marks mm-hmm. for certified wide receivers, he would have them. We're still looking for that blue check mark ourselves. Sure. Number three. Clark Barrington, 6'6, 302 pound monster. Mm-hmm. Started all 13 games, only flagged once. Preseason All American by Pro Football Focus, Phil Steele. Mel Kuyper has him as the sixth best guard in America. Woo! That includes Alex Barcelo. No, That's good. He's really second cow. best returning player by PFF grade 84.6. Starting left guard.
1: Just ahead of Clark on this list and uh, a fellow teammate on the offensive line. Hello, Blake Freeland at number two. Yeah, O-Line love! 305 pounds, he earned a ridiculously high pro football focus grade, 96.1 in pass protection last year. Let's quantify that. He only allowed five quarterback pressures the entire season. BYU's highest projected pick in the approaching NFL draft. A lot of people think he's mid-first rounder, Jaren.
2: That's why Tyler Algier is uh, as good as Tyler Algier is. He's great, plus that online line man. And number one, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall completed 64% of passes, 20 touchdown passes. Only five picks, super low number. On the ground, 307 yards, three touchdowns, multiple national watch lists. Projected as high as the first round, a ninth overall mm. in the NFL draft. Oh my gosh. This is awesome to walk into a year with a quarterback like Jaron Hall. Let's go!
1: This is unbelievable. Could BYU really have two first-round picks if things go well? Maybe. There's
2: a legit shot, dude. Maybe. That's never happened, right? Never happened. Two in the first round. In the first round. Never. I don't think it's ever happened.
1: I'm trying to think. Maybe '86 with Jason Buck, and I don't know. We got to look. We got to look. But it's.
2: I don't think we've had two firsts. Wow.
1: Question of the day: What's your case for why BYU football should be ranked in the preseason AP Top 25? Or maybe more importantly, your case against, because I just, I don't get it. If they're not in there, I don't get it. Our lead voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Brian Buss answers on Twitter. One, BYU had a top 20 ranking the last two years. Two, highest returning production in the country along with South Florida. Three, number of star starters returning from injury on the defense that will allow defense to play aggressively like they did against Utah Mm. in that win last year. And four, defending Pac-12 champions, he says.
2: There you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, today's Rise and Shoutout brought to you by Mountain America, the is credit union of BYU Athletics. Jamal Williams for his emotional speech, the Detroit Lions. If you uh, so missed good. it, Lions tweeted out, so did Jamal. Oh,
1: so good. Our thanks to today's guest, Connor Pay and Aaron Livingston of BYU Women's Volleyball.
2: Sorry to Dennis Pitter, we ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU.
1: For Jeremy, I am Spencer. Shout out to Dennis Simmons. We'll see you tomorrow for more BYU Sports Nation. Training camp fun continues for the Cougars on the football field. Go Cougs.